0: This episode of Adventures in Aurelia is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict, Fred on Fire, Evora Don, Moto Ghoul, and Polka Dancer on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. And welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons.
1: I'm Krista, and I play Ariel, who is an Asmar Divine Soul Sorceress. I'm Caitlin, I play Tempest, a Water Genasi Ranger.
2: I'm Chris, I play Rim, a
3: Human Paladin.
4: I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a Tiefling Sorcerer. And I'm
3: Damien, I'm the DM. This episode, we actually have a couple shout-outs to give. Um, the first shout-out that we're gonna go ahead and do today is I'm gonna have Chantelle tell everyone a little bit about Kenku FM.
4: Yes, shout-out to Kenku FM. Uh, it's been very enjoyable. I usually like to get off of work and uh, hang out in voice chat, and it's nice to have the Kenku FM bot going around and playing a variety of lovely, different music. Uh, lots of different themes. Kind of gets you in that D&D adventuring mood almost. It's very atmospheric. <laughs> I've been enjoying it greatly.
3: Kanku FM is a bot that was actually put together by the people behind Owlbear Rodeo, which is like a super light and minimalist virtual tabletop. They put Kanku FM together as a way for remote people to like share the audio experience. But one of the things they did was included the ability to put a discord bot together with the software. And because of the licensing we have with it, I have been running uh, the stuff that we have from Monument Studios, which we've been using in our episodes over the last few months, running almost all the time. Sometimes it needs a little nudge because it's not meant to be used the way that we're using (laughs) it. So I have to restart it once in a while. But at least Chantel has been having fun having that available to her. And it's something else that people can just join in and listen to in the Discord server.
4: Cause I'm definitely one, I like uh, atmospheric music and instrumentals and that kind of thing. And this has like that nice kind of background mix cause it is, it is very much kind of what you'd hear like in the background of our show or, or like in the background of just any kind of adventuring type thing. It has different like kind of emotional overtones and whatnot. In the end of the day, it's like, it's something that's very nice and just to have kind of floating in the background <laughs> as you're doing other things. This
3: episode, we'd also love to give a shout out to uh, Identico on Twitch, specifically Identico After Dark, where uh, myself was actually a guest on one of their recent episodes where we chatted a little bit about D&D, the uh, upcoming D&D movie, being a content creator in the overall tabletop RPG space, and a couple uh, little quick fire modern event questions that are going on. And I will have a link to that video up on the website when the video goes live on youtube i had a lot of fun chatting with alex and michael alex is one of the people that wrote identica which is a cyberpunk tabletop rpg system and is one of the co-owners of gamers heaven seattle north which this group has become regulars of their store and we now consider them to be like
1: Gamer family.
3: (laughs) They're like the public home of Adventures in Aurelia. And if we ever do any meetups or live sessions or anything, we'll probably be held at Gamers Heaven Seattle North. And uh, also on that episode was Michael who is a member of the Redemption podcast that I have been listening to for like five or six years, possibly even more. They are the longest running Star Wars actual play podcast. And I believe Caitlin is also starting to get her way through the back catalog after hearing positive notes from me and then finding out that two of their members play on Chaos Inc., right? Yes. Because I don't listen to that, but because we started going to Gamers Heaven, Caitlin started listening to that. And it was like a weird large world, small world thing where two people that I have been listening to in the podcast space for years at this point are players on a show that Caitlin started listening to because of a local gamer store that we started going to. It was like, oh my God, I know these voices. I know these people. I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based
0: on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com.
3: Previously on Adventures in Aurelia. While Ariel chose to stay locked in their room aboard the Iron Cask, the rest of the party took turns spending the day with her while the others explored the ship. Rem broke out his new fishing gear, and Tempest had a chat with Thorsteg, revealing that she used to be a part of a sailing crew herself. Meanwhile, Kanina and Ariel got back to their workouts and taught each other how to play some games from their childhoods. Ziggle brought the entire party a choice piece of salmon that Rem had caught earlier in the day before they turned in for the night. Though the ride is smooth, someone's dreams had left them shaken. So we will pick things up today at around 6 a.m. on the 9th of Mononon. as you guys continue your journey aboard the Iron Cask to the port town of Riven, where Saval's Guild of Adventures is based out of. I believe at this point you guys are a little over halfway between Port Norsal and Riven. The journey is expected to take you guys to around the 12th of Monanon, Depending on how things go on the water, it could be sooner or it could be a little bit slower. But that is the day that you are expected to arrive. You guys have elected to take watches where originally you guys had figured that it wasn't necessary to do so. But due to the sudden attack from an undead creature on Ariel, you guys have decided that it's best that you continue to stay vigilant even aboard this ship out in the sea. And um, who was it that was taking the last spot of watch? Uh,
4: I believe it was Kanina. And then Tempest stayed
0: up as well after waking up from the nightmare.
3: So as you start to hear the sounds of the crew of the Iron Cask begin to wake up and start preparing for mid-morning on the 9th of Monanon, what do Kanina and Tempest kind of do? Do they have any sort of conversation? I know Kanina has uh, been neglecting to work out. Does she try to go do a workout or anything?
4: Um. Yeah, I think especially since Tempest is up with her, uh, Kanina will maybe not leave the room, but she'll start exercising quietly somewhat, you know. She'll maybe do some sit-ups and stretches and whatnot, getting warmed up as people stir. All right, Rem and Ariel, when do you think you guys would naturally be waking up
3: today?
1: Well, I think I'm pretty rested since I was just <laughs> hanging out in the room all day and...
3: You did stay up for like 36 hours straight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I also slept in a lot. And you said that I woke up rested because I slept in so long. So I imagine if I was already a light sleeper and then starting to get used to working out with Nina. So I think if I was hearing what's going on in the ship and hearing Nina work out, I probably would have got up and caught up on whatever spot she's at in the workout.
3: All right. And Rem, when do you think you would wake up? Rem would probably wake up when he starts to hear people moving around. All right, Ariel, go ahead and roll me a constitution saving throw. Eleven. (laughs) All right, Ariel does not wake up feeling exhausted today, but a little on the groggy side. And I suppose that kind of as the order of events goes is Kanina begins doing a little bit of a workout, which starts to arouse Ariel and Rem from their sleep, hearing the sounds of someone in the room. What does Tempest do as Kanina, like, Gets down on the ground and starts doing some crunches. She's
0: awake, but she is tired. (laughs) So she's just going to kind of lay there.
3: Right. You're suffering from a point of exhaustion today, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I am. After waking up from the weird dream. It wasn't a nightmare other than the unpleasantness of being forced underwater unwillingly. But it, it was definitely strange and startling. And she had quite the adrenaline rush afterwards and could not go back to sleep. So she uh, stayed up for quite a while.
3: So she just kind of hang out in the bed that she was originally sleeping in.
0: Yeah. One of those things where it's like, I am too awake to go to sleep, but I don't want to admit that I'm awake. So I'm going to lay (laughs) here and just be dead
4: to the world. You'll probably see Kanina, like, shooting some concerned glances your way. <laughs> every every other crunch, and just like, hmm. Actually, Kanina, why don't you go ahead and roll an insight check? I got a uh,
3: 17. Tempest, do you think this is the kind of thing that Kanina would pick up on with a 17 on insight? Considering the fact that as you're kind of sitting there in a in a slight daze, feeling a little bit off, and she's doing crunches... I guess sort of facing you in a way that she's like, kind of reading you as she goes.
0: I kind of already told her that I had a really weird dream.
4: Yeah, we did briefly um, interact at the start of my shift when I saw that Tempest was awake because I was a bit concerned that she was awake and didn't want to go back to sleep. But at this point,
3: it seems like Tempest is kind of showing that something feels off because even though you mentioned the weird dream, you guys didn't get into a conversation about it. So you think that she would kind of get the feeling that something kind of extraordinary happened with you that's keeping you in a weird funk? Yeah, I guess. You can do with that info what you will.
4: Yeah, I think Kinina's kind of had a niggling in the back of her mind of wanting to talk to Tempest because she noticed some things have been up with her with her odd dreams, both nightmares and just uh, very strange dreams as of late. So she just wants to talk to her and reassure her. But uh, I think she will save it for maybe a private opportunity because she knows that Rem and Ariel are going to be on watch together in the room today. So Kenina will seek opportunities later in the day to possibly uh, confront Tempest and see what's up. All right. And at this point,
3: Rem and Ariel have also started to rouse from their sleep. How are you guys feeling this morning?
1: Groggy, apparently. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Kenina will uh, try to liven up the energy a little. She'll see you two and just be like, oh, good morning, you two. Hope you got
1: some rest good morning how many days has it been how much time do we have left but how many more days do i have to be down here well um if we stay on course
4: and the weather stays good we should have about three more days That's what i heard from uh, thorstag and whatnot all right so not too much longer you're doing well and we'll be sure to keep you under watch and keep you company as long as we can so hopefully uh the weather stays fair yeah
1: So Ariel's gonna stand up and look out the porthole to see what the weather's like today.
3: Go ahead and roll me a d10. A zero. A ten. As Ariel like, pops open the porthole in the side of the ship and looks outside, even though it's only about 30, 7 o'clock in the morning, you can already see that it is a clear sky. The sun is coming up and already shining from across the sea. You can see that you're casting a bit of a shadow out into the sea from the ship. And it looks like today is actually going to be a day that's beautiful weather-wise. You're expecting that since we're in kind of the autumn-ish region that it's probably going to be about 75, 80 degrees out on sea today. That's in American terms.
1: Is there enough furniture that I could stack to be able to sit on and look out the porthole hole for a while?
4: Aren't the beds
3: like nailed down? (laughs) With the way that the room is arranged, you could probably like sit on the edge of one of the beds and see outside from it but everything in the room that's large is kind of bolted to the ground just in the event that the sea takes a turn for the worst
1: all right so i guess that's ariel's plan for the day is to sit in that spot (laughs) so she can see out the porthole because she's kind of just getting a little tired of not being able to see nature
3: So as you actually look out the porthole, you are on the side of the ship that you can actually see the coast of Saval from where you're at. So you see kind of a mountain range and uh, the forest that sits at the foothill of the mountains with every once in a while, it's kind of hard to really see the shore, but you see patches of beaches that look like they might have some walking paths to them. But this is an area that is very untraveled. So mostly you are just seeing nature for what it is.
1: So she's going to probably spend her day sitting there with her journal and trying to do like a detailed, nice looking, not a sketch, but like. You know, she knows she has the whole day. She's going to try to do her best drawing of what she can see.
3: And I believe the prior's party arrangement is to actually have someone essentially sit, watch with Ariel. Who is that today? Me. So Rem will be hanging out with Ariel. You see her go like on the bed that you laid her on last night. You see her kind of start to wake up, reach for her journal, and scoot over to the edge where she pops open the porthole and starts staring out at the sea and the land beyond it.
2: Rim will basically just sit in there and he'll look over and see what she's doing and then he'll kind of rummage through his own bag,
3: pull out a book. Is this the uh, the journal that no, Rem he has? he won't pull the
2: journal out this time. He just pulls out like a small notebook. Now he'll make a few notes about things that have been happening and then he'll, uh, he'll actually pull out his bone dice set and start
4: rolling.
1: Ariel will probably have a conversation with him when the other two skedaddle.
4: Um, seeing that everybody's up for the morning, kanina will probably go ahead and visit Ziggle in the galley and, uh, grab some breakfast for everyone. And, uh, since you guys are up and moving a little bit
3: earlier today, Ziggle is, like, Oh, you've actually come down in time for breakfast today. <laughs> it's like you figured out that you're on the boat now, and you're not sleeping in like some man lovers.
4: Oh well, we had a we had a bit of a long journey, so we were just uh, getting our wits about us. <laughs> no. hey,
3: how did you feel about the salmon last night?
4: Oh, the salmon was delicious. It you was want, great.
3: You want you want to see something? Yeah, of course come in here and she like pulls the curtain over the door look what i got going and she goes over to like there is the stove area that she has that's powered from the coal that like runs the ship and in the smokestack there's a box that has a couple latches on it and she opens it up she's like tonight there's gonna be a little bit of a treat and as she opens it up, you see some some strips of the salmon have been laid out along this smokestack um, of the exhaust. From- Are you
4: smoking salmon?
3: Yes. It was pretty good. And I'm like, oh, this is something different that I can't normally do. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try this. You know, the other doors on this boat, they don't, they're do not they not the best fishermen. So uh, <laughs> we rely on some of the, the other people and stopping in at the big fishing ports to try and get some salmon on this boat and other fish.
4: Yeah, Rem's turning out to be quite the good uh, fisherman, especially with all the little helpful tips here and there that he's picked up.
3: A yeah, the good fisherman might be a little bit of, you should have seen what he did to the fish before I got it. But <laughs> I, I fixed it. It's okay now. It's okay.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, at least he's bringing in the catch. <laughs> it, it
3: sounds like he's new. He's learning. He'll figure it out. <laughs> so uh, there's there's the four of you, right? Yeah, there's four of us. All right, here's a here's a, a nice helping of eggs, and uh, this morning this morning we're actually gonna go with a little bit of a, uh, a a stew that I made from the leftovers of the salmon last night. Maybe not the most breakfasty thing, but that's what the eggs are for. <laughs> ladle it over the eggs and, you know, it all kind (laughs) of melds together into a nice hearty breakfast.
4: Oh, we're used to traveling rough on the road, so any food is delicious for breakfast when you're hungry enough. (laughs) Yeah, and being on the boat, we kind of just work with what we got. And it was like,
3: either do this or maybe it goes bad and they have to throw it out to the seagulls. Thanks for breakfast.
4: I'm looking forward to trying some of that smoked salmon later. Yeah, just don't tell anyone. (laughs) Any one. <laughs> you think someone will get into it?
3: Well, it, it's it's more that... So So here's the thing that kind of happens whenever we get to do this. Someone finds out and they tell people and suddenly it's all gone and there's no more for Ziggle.
1: Oh. oh,
3: no. You know, one person comes down for a piece and then four people come down for a piece. And then I've got the whole fucking ship down here. So that's why we... Shh. I got it. I got it. Shh. Yep. I'll give you some later. Okay. If you're quiet. Yes, I'll be- And a- no one else comes down asking for it. Yes. Special treat, because you and Ziggle are friends. Of course. And you're not normally on the boat.
4: Kanina <laughs> <laughs> will file it away in her mind, you know, definitely don't share the salmon. <laughs> don't share the smoked salmon story. But uh, yeah, she'll take breakfast and proceed back to the room so she can see about making sure everyone gets breakfast, because she knows that Ariel won't be leaving the room. <laughs> Tempest. Yes. Breakfast has arrived.
0: Yay. Bacon.
4: Yes. After distributing food to uh, all the people in the room, uh, Kanina will also make sure the horses get fed with what we have left, maybe a mixture of some scraps and what feed we have stored.
3: So Kanina goes and feeds the horses uh, using a mix of the stuff that you got from Ziggle as well as the feed that you guys have in the cart. I don't know if it's been really described, but the way that I'm imagining things is you guys have this cart that is used to being pulled by one to two horses that like the back footboard of it is a compartment that you can open up and is like where grain feed is filled into. So you like pop open the back and you see what looks like a couple days worth of feed still in it. It probably costs about 20 gold to fill it up and probably covers about 10 days worth. I guess at this point, since Rem is staying with Ariel, uh, Tempest and Kinina kind of have the day to do whatever you guys feel like uh, on the ship. Is there anything that you guys want to do today?
4: Um, Kinina is honestly looking to get some alone time with Tempest. So she'll kind of watch Tempest to see if she goes, you know, out at all. Because I know she's feeling a bit tired, but...
0: So I know the boat doesn't have any sails, so it would not have any masts. Correct. But Is there somewhere like up out of the way, like above everything?
3: Yes. Um, as you exit your room, you are in this hallway and towards the center of the ship from where you guys are going to the back of the ship there is actually a rope ladder that hangs down from a space that is directly above your guys's room so since you guys are in an enclosed hallway they have a somewhat like roped off it's not like walled up like the sides of the ship are but an area that is essentially like a viewing deck Just making use of the space that they have. Up there is probably a couple crates, maybe a barrel or two, but not too much because they wouldn't want to have to carry it up and down all the time. That's where Tempest's going. So Tempest kind of leaves the room and goes and climbs up to the viewing deck above your guys' room. It's probably about a 25 by 25 square area in uh, D&D terms that has a couple posts and like a chain that runs around it about waist height just to make sure that no one
4: accidentally stumbles overboard when they go up there. So I think uh, Kenyon will be kind of keeping an eye on Tempest throughout the day. Not really. Yeah, actually. Yeah, she's probably following her. So based on that, like as Tempest gets up, can you just be like
3: asking where she goes? Like where she's what she's up to or Um, is she a little more tactful than that?
4: I mean, (laughs) (laughs) attacked, but no. Uh, Yeah, she'll probably look over at her and just be like, uh, oh, uh, heading out,
0: Tempest? Yeah, I think I'm just going to go hang out up top, get some fresh
4: air. Yeah, you're definitely looking a little uh, out of it today. Some fresh air might do you some good.
0: Yeah. Tempest then leaves the room and climbs the rope ladder and finds a barrel to sit on. On the ground and lean up against and just enjoy the sea breeze.
3: And it is a lovely day today as you climb up on top. So you are in, like, especially now that you've gone up, you're at like the highest point of the ship. So you are in full sun, able to see kind of as far out in every direction as you can. And actually, go ahead and roll me a perception check.
0: Well, I rolled the crit, but because I'm exhausted, I uh, have disadvantage, so that'll be a 10.
3: That actually plays in pretty well with the exhaustion that you get up here and you kind of just slump yourself down against this barrel in the sun, relaxing, not really paying attention to anything going on around you. You actually don't even notice that within a minute or so of you getting up here, Kanita climbs up the ladder.
4: Kinina will uh, spot Tempest, kind of zoned out against the barrel, and she'll decide to go join her. She wanted to give her a little bit of space and some breathing air, but uh, she's she's kind of had her concerns about her all night throughout the watch, and even previous nights after Tempest had expressed some uh, disturbance. So Kinina will go up to her, and she'll uh, sit down against the same barrel. Just be like, uh, hiya, Tempest. Oh, hey. Sorry, I was kind of out of it. Yeah, I could tell. Uh, I hate to disturb you when you're trying to get some peace, but uh, I thought. No, no, it's fine. thought it might be nice to sit and chat in private. It's been, been a while since we've had a one on one talk for, in a while. Except for,
0: like, last night?
4: Yeah, but, but eh, it's when a little, we were the
0: only ones awake.
4: But I get what you mean. Well, it's a little different when you're trying to not wake up others, too. <laughs> doesn't leave much, much room for uh, riveting conversation. So, what's on your
0: mind? Was there something you were
4: wanting to talk about? Well, I kind of wanted to, uh, dig a little deeper and see what's been been bugging you. I don't know. Just ever since we got on this boat... Actually, ever since I met you
0: guys, specifically, uh, I didn't used to have, like,
4: dreams worth note. Mm-hmm. I've been having a lot of weird dreams lately. Canina, well, uh kind of tilt her head and just be like, you know, now that you say that, I've uh, actually had quite a few dreams since uh, our party set out venturing together. They've definitely, I think, developed an intensity as we've traveled along. Huh. I wonder if this has anything to do with uh, Ariel's guardian angel, Cosain, or some such. Maybe she's <laughs> sending us dreams, or maybe it's just the artifacts we've come across. I don't know. It's kind of a funny coincidence. We've all been plagued by dreams lately.
0: So you think Ariel might be the catalyst? <laughs> or do you think it's just the situations that we've been finding ourselves in that are causing you know strange
4: no i don't think uh ariel's necessarily to blame for everything because i I definitely think we've come across some artifacts and whatnot that have maybe influenced some of our dreams and just even our experiences i think can kind of play into some of our uh fears and doubts that might be plaguing us you seem to You seemed quite torn up the other night when we had that first initial encounter with the creature attacking Ariel. Yeah, something about it just, it really got under my skin that I
0: didn't get there in time to, like, help at all. I made it into the room just in time to see it be handled, but not to actually have a hand in it. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird feeling, kind of like you're useless sort of maybe
4: that's just me thinking way too much into it well i definitely think it's something that might just be weighing a little heavily more so to you because none of us felt that way at all we were glad to have your presence and the fact that you came in rushing to help these uh, companions you've only traveled with for a short while has been of great comfort to us I've certainly had my share of fear and uncertainty and times where I was able to do nothing. In one of our first uh, guild missions, when I set out with the party initially, we are led by a leader called Karim and uh, we were uh, raiding a uh, attack on some goblin caves. The goblins had attacked Riven and we all had to defend the city with our lives and we were successful but we had to go tackle the situation at the source so we went in to go attack the goblins there at their home in the caves and during there, the uh, we came across many situations that were quite tragic really and uh one of one of which that's kind of stuck with me especially has been uh we ran across some mushroom farmers uh they were just goblin mushroom farmers they didn't want to fight back they kind of told us that we were the bad guys here for attacking them and it was one of those things where uh i felt incredibly bad about the situation because when you go in to go fight something you Sometimes I expect them to fight back with all their might, but then you have situations where sometimes they won't, and I didn't participate in that fight. I let everyone else do the fighting for me because I couldn't bring myself to attack people who didn't want to defend themselves. So I, I just was useless in that fight, and it's kind of stuck with me ever since. I stuck to my morals and my convictions, but that's definitely a fight that I didn't have any part of and I probably should have. And then, of course, this is also the whole trip that we lost uh, Karim. Uh, He was a a strong guide for us in these times. He was quite the leader in our early days of the guild. And we uh, ran into some bugbears on the way back to Riven, and uh, he perished. This is one of those things where I kept thinking maybe if I was stronger, or if I had chose to uh, act to heal him, even though I'm not a healer, and instead of trying to fight against the bugbears, then maybe would have been able to save him. But... These are all just lurking fears and doubts and uncertainties that kind of stick with you through the life of adventuring. And I know Rem especially is plagued by things that have happened to him in the past, but it's one of those things you kind of learn to, uh, learn to face these tough choices, but sometimes an action kind of allows you to reflect on how to improve in scenarios where it's life or death. Like, you've experienced, like, storms on the open sea, right? Sure, plenty. So during those kinds of times you have to do what you can to stay afloat right and even if it means all you're capable of doing is waiting for it to pass you might want to try to fight your way out of the storm but it's not always an option you have to kind kind of just let it weather through sometimes but at least some in those times you had like the solidarity of your crewmates and I guess what I'm trying to say is it's probably a bad analogy and I'm not really a <laughs> a seaman but I'm trying to say that you know I mean I'd like you to think of me and Rem and Ariel as your shipmates on on a ship in rough seas and that you can rely on us and we'll be there for you even in situations where you don't feel like you can do anything sometimes we're all kind of stuck in that situation I want you to join the guild with us I think you'll be a good fit there and with all the adventures we've had so far I think it'll be it'll be fun to continue adventuring with you despite the tough times Oh gosh that's that's a uh big. Uh,
0: I've never really had a, a group, or I mean, other than my mom and I like, never really had a family, I guess. I haven't known you guys for very long, but when you're constantly putting yourself in mortal danger, I feel like it brings you together.
4: <laughs> That's <laughs> definitely right. <laughs> Besides all the the glory and money you can get from adventuring, you also earned uh steadfast companions and I think that's definitely a more one of the more valuable things you can take with you through life it's
0: about the friends you made along <laughs> the way uh, as for the guild I I don't know what any of that entails so I guess we'll just have to explore that when we
4: reach land again of course that'll it'll still be your choice of course but I can help introduce you to some people I don't know everyone in the guild uh, as well as I know some leaders but uh I know uh, Mihan, the leader of the Blades, he's, he's uh, very interesting. He's pretty strict, but he's, uh, he's a powerful fighter. He'd make a strong mentor for you if you chose to meet him. Otherwise, uh, I know Oberon, the leader of the Naturalists, might be another interesting choice. We can introduce you and you can kind of see who uh, fits your vibe for fighting styles and what you like to do in the guild. But it'll be one of those things where we can kind of give you a tour and you can have a place to stay for a while. And if you choose to enroll in the guild, then uh, you'll, be, you'll be set with us. Sounds like quite the adventure. Mm-hmm. And that, I think uh, Kanina will be fine with fading into silence as we enjoy the sun and the sea breeze. Tempest will start pointing out seabirds.
3: <laughs> so while Tempest and Kanina have a conversation above your guys' room, I know that Ariel is spending most of her day today kind of staring out of the ship spending more time than just lightly sketching, but actually drawing the coastline before her. Do you guys have any sort of conversation or anything meaningful happen? Or do you just kind of make small talk and mostly sit waiting for time to pass?
1: I think if Rem is just like silent the whole time, it kind of would feel awkward to Ariel. So she would probably start with just small talk type of stuff. Like So you you said you caught fish yesterday, right?
2: Yeah, caught a couple.
1: Did the poles work out pretty good?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I caught a couple fish. The, the cook said they looked good. That's what we ate last night.
1: It was really good. I'm glad you were able to have some fun while we're on this trip.
2: It seems to be something that I'm not too bad at.
1: Can I ask you a couple questions that I don't even know if you'll answer, but... I just kind of wanted to get it out there, and at least you know someone's wondering. But um, I noticed, you know, I mean, I've seen I've seen you naked and all that stuff. But so, uh,
2: <laughs> where is this going?
1: I just I've seen your wounds on your chest,
2: my scars. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And one of them goes like right all the way through you, like it's on your front and your back in the same spot. I mean I was just wondering, you know, like how long ago these this happened, like when you got them.
2: It was some time ago.
1: Some time. What does some time mean? Like ten years ago? Um when you were a young lad going out to battle.
2: I wasn't a young lad, but it was several years ago.
1: Mm. Are they from are they from battle? Are they like like war wounds?
2: Yeah, you could say that they're war wounds. I don't typically talk about it.
1: Does that mean you want me to stop talking about it?
2: It's not a very pleasant memory or subject.
1: So the hole that goes like through, is that like an arrow?
2: I'm not
3: entirely sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Can I roll insight on his answers to find out like, do I feel like he's... First of all,
3: is Rem not entirely sure? I mean, it's all kind of fuzzy. So, Rem himself doesn't really know?
2: I mean, he's had dreams of things happening. He has fuzzy recollections, but the event itself is still something that's... like It's not like a crisp memory. He remembers before and after events, but not events of.
3: Okay. Ariel, I'm going to go ahead and and go with perception on this one. And Rem, go ahead and roll a wisdom saving throw.
1: Don't even need to roll, really. Oh, he needs
3: to roll. 15. Ariel...
1: I rolled a one. Does that, do I need, it's plus two, but like it's one, right? So a three Yeah.
3: on perception.
1: Yeah. Her lack of social graces. I mean, she just doesn't get it.
3: (laughs) It's not a wound that looks entirely familiar to you. Probably something that you yourself haven't treated. Rem is saying that he's not quite sure what caused it, that the memory seems fuzzy. Meanwhile, Rem. Yeah. As you're kind of being pushed to think about what's happened and you're trying to remember what it is that caused this scar, you kind of have a a series of short flashes that come across as though they might be memories. And you see yourself kind of one flash is approaching this walled city with a bunch of people carrying supplies in and out of it. Another flash puts you standing across a makeshift arena from a younger man holding a very exquisite rapier in his hands. Another flash has the two of you guys crossing swords. And a final flash as she's kind of pushing for what this is, is this man's rapier piercing through your heart. Ariel, go ahead and roll an insight check.
1: I'm gonna roll the other one. It's a 24,
3: 19 plus 5. As you're having this conversation with Rem, you look over and you notice that your questioning of him seems to draw his mind into a different headspace. He's giving you these brief answers, slightly deflecting the questions, but you get this feeling that there is something he knows, but is withholding.
1: So you don't think it was an arrow? I was just curious. I've treated wounds, and I don't think I've treated an arrow wound, and I was just curious on what that would look like, I guess.
2: I'd imagine similar to other wounds. A hole that's bleeding a lot.
1: That handprint? Mm-hmm. You know who did it to you? Like, who, who is that? I'm just concerned that that person might still be a threat or something. Like, is that person gone? I woke up with it. You woke up. Did you get captured? Like, did you go unconscious for a time period and...
2: Yes, that that came with the wound.
1: So you, like, got captured or something? Because I imagine the only way you would be able to get that is if you got captured and, like, tied up or something and they were able to do that to you.
2: When I was a younger man, I made a mistake. It led to some very unpleasant events. I woke up after a battle. I already had this mark.
1: So, like, another war wound, battle wound thing. Something like that. Do I feel like he's telling the truth about this story? Or do I go with my three from the previous story?
3: Go ahead and roll an insight check. Rem, you can feel free to roll a deception check if you believe that you are not telling the full truth.
1: I got a seven.
3: Rem, hes you don't have to tell her what you rolled. <laughs> he's
2: seems... That he's telling you things, but you can't tell if everything is 100% honest or if he's hiding something.
1: It makes sense for Ariel because she's socially awkward of a person and doesn't probably always catch things and is pretty gullible. So.
3: You're probably, based on that description, getting the idea that what Rem is telling you is not entirely truthful, but you are not getting the feeling that Rem knows like he's telling you what he believes happened, yeah. but you have enough of your own insight and understanding that you don't believe that what he is telling you is a matter of fact. But you
1: don't feel just like a he's, he's bit lying. More there,
2: yeah, he's either purposely obfuscating what he's telling you, or
3: or he legitimately doesn't know. Even though you don't believe what he's saying to be hundred percent true. Yeah, it, it's a truth, but not a whole truth.
1: I just want to know, you know, because of everything that's going on with these weapons that we keep finding and all the danger that we're already in because of all of this stuff, do you think that what you went through that that's still past, that maybe somebody might be searching for you? Because I feel like a handprint on your chest is kind of a symbol, a big deal. So I kind of wonder if.
2: The handprint's kind of a big deal for me. I don't know if you've noticed, and he kind of, like, motions to his tunic, which also has a large handprint on it. It's a large silver hand in the open palm position.
1: Oh. So is it maybe, is it like a tattoo then? Like,
2: that you you
1: belong to something?
2: Well, after the events transpired, I took some time uh, to self-reflect and felt that that was an omen.
3: Ariel. Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead and roll me a religion check. 14. All right. Rem had just kind of drawn a link for you that he has this scar on his chest that is a large kind of open palm and the tunic that he wears is that of a silver open palm. You recognize, and you probably already always knew this about Rem, but didn't draw the connections between it that the god Nuada is often given the symbol of a silver open hand on a dark background.
1: Oh, so, okay, Omen, so this, your your handprint actually links to the god you follow. Yeah. So it's not something scary that we should be concerned about. It's just a symbol of who you belong to in a I, way. I guess. Yes kind of like I follow Agma through Kosein yes okay I'm sorry for all these questions you know just I don't see I know you're a naturally
2: curious person yeah
1: and I don't I don't really see the the wounds that you have you know that's kind of really new for me so I just wanted to ask you know someone who heals and stuff
2: yeah I would ask uh, don't share this with the others for now
1: okay even Nina
2: probably especially Nina that's not that I don't like her. Mm-hmm. She just seems to have a problem with uh, privacy and confidentiality. She's just a energetic young woman mm. that sometimes doesn't think before she shares.
1: Really? Ariel's going to think about the things she shared with her. <laughs> I did have another question. Last time we kind of spoke in private we is when um, dreams were just beginning and dragons were brought up and you know you had your I think opinion that I came to understand was that you know they're of myth and probably not real or anything however with what we've learned in the books of history ancient history and um dreams that Nina's shared with us and the dreams that I've had I'm just wondering what you're thinking now because you've been really quiet Are you still under the impression, like, that it's not real? That we just need to just, we're having weird dreams?
2: Myth and legends are difficult things. As stories are told and retold over time, many things can change or be exaggerated. What we have seen through the weapons shows that there is definitely something. Is that a dragon? I don't know. We haven't seen any dragon proof, just powerful weapons Hmm. could be that the stories have come down over time that the wielders of these weapons must have received some greater gift
1: so um the conversation that Nina had with Doiton
2: her dream
1: yeah the dream that she had a conversation with Doiton I guess I don't understand how none of us really know what a dragon really looks like or anything and how would we be able to dream up such a thing and have a full-on conversation or have a full-on event that happened with that dragon when we don't really know what it would look like. And then it has a name and it has a... I don't know. I guess I just believe more than you do about it.
2: Let me ask you a question. Okay. You're fairly well-read. Yeah. Have you ever read about a creature you've never seen?
1: Oh, all kinds of creatures. That's why I, I draw them in my journal when I finally get to see them.
2: True. But before you see them, do you ever imagine what they might look like?
1: I mean, kind of, yeah, because they, they ha- usually what I read, they have descriptions, like, you know, long ears and a fluffy tail.
2: True. So do you think that there's the possibility through story, legend, and the readings we've done that Nina could have possibly imagined what a dragon may look like? And that's what she's dreamed of?
1: Maybe, but I can't explain that for me because I didn't have any books on dragons at the monastery. That wasn't something that I collected. It was mostly, you know, forest animals or herbs or, you know, stuff of more importance in that area. And I just don't remember ever reading anything until we went to the library to be able to have an image in my head to dream about.
2: Well, we were told about the fantastical dragons by the guild when we first brought the axe back, I think Albrecht mentioned large-scale winged beasts, and you may have taken an item of something else you knew, a lizard, a basilisk, and used that as a basis in your own imagination to dream. Because in, in dreams, we can see whatever we want. Hmm. Be that dragons, be that loved ones who have passed, be that giant naked ladies. But
1: I don't dream of giant naked ladies, do you? Perhaps
2: giant naked men for you.
1: Um, no.
2: They are still dreams. I know that you have had dreams you believe to be not visions, but warnings. Perhaps that is your faith talking to you.
1: Well, Cosain did tell me that I had a great evil to help with. Yes. And the dream of a dragon attacking the monastery. Great evil. Yes. Like, who attacks a monastery? They're all, like, peaceful people.
2: You'd be surprised.
1: Well, I do have a question. If we get there and we discuss the previous weapon, we discuss the current spear that I'm holding on to and what we've learned about these dragon riders and dragons and the different weapons. What if they ask us to go searching or what if we find out another weapon? Like, are are you going to stick with it i'm pretty sure nina and i are gonna be wanting to figure this out especially since we're both getting haunted by dreams are you gonna stick with us or are you gonna make your own way when we get to the guild
2: if the guild asks me i'll go much as i did on this mission
1: what if we ask you
2: hmm? unless i'm asked to do something else i see no reason to stop
1: I was just curious because you've made it known to me that you really didn't believe in the whole dragon thing, that it's probably just a myth and our dreams probably just mean something versus actually being dragons.
2: Just because I don't believe in dragons doesn't mean I don't believe in what we have done is not important. Okay. I am a soldier at heart. And as a soldier, we've done many things at the behest of someone else, whether or not we see the end goal. We don't always believe in what we do, But what we must believe is that what we do is important.
1: Hmm. That's very different than how I work. But, okay.
2: You are not a soldier.
1: I'm not a soldier. Not for the world, at least.
2: Now let me ask you a question.
1: Okay. What do you want to know? I tell everything, usually.
2: Why did you choose to name that stallion Princess?
1: Because he's beautiful.
3: And as Ram and Ariel continue making chit chat, kind of moving away from the heavier topics of dragons and whatever it is that Rem is going through. Is there anything else that anyone kind of wishes to accomplish on today's leg of the journey? Canina and Tempest have had a chance to chat? Did they wrap up everything that they wanted to discuss?
4: Uh, Yeah, with uh, Kanina and Tempest uh, sit enjoying each other's company. Uh, Kanina has, as usual, kind of bursting with uh, questions and wanting to start conversations. But she can tell that Tempest just looks very drained today. And she'll, I think, leave her be with her own thoughts for now. And she'll try to work on getting closer to her in the future. But for now, she'll make her rounds and maybe visit the others. But beyond that, uh, she will have a quiet day. Okay, uh, let's say it's getting into early afternoon as
3: you kind of make your way down from above the rooms. And as you're climbing down the ladder, you hear a boisterous voice behind you. Ah, uh, Nina, there you are. You know, with everything that's gone on over the last couple days, I feel like we haven't really had any time to catch up this journey. Ah, uh,
4: yes, uh, It'd <laughs> Be nice to catch up a bit.
3: Yeah, how you been? And he kind of gestures towards the front of the ship, mm-hmm. kind of up between the two rooms, over
4: to where the bow is. She'll uh, kind of follow his lead to head over there, I'm guessing, and uh, she'll uh, she'll be like, "It's it's been slightly rough the past few days, but we're uh, we're weathering through it."
3: <laughs> yeah, has there? A and he lowers his voice a little bit and leans in. Anything else that uh, Thorstein should know about?
4: nope everything's been uh the same as usual nothing new has happened so well, you
3: gotta understand that usual for me with you guys now is apparently uh, uh things things we're gonna leave it at things
4: no nope, no no things no new things <laughs>
3: all right well that that's good to hear uh how, how's your friend doing
4: <laughs> which one <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean it it did look like you were having a conversation with the blue one up I still don't know if I know her name but the uh, blue tempest. one up there tempest I know you were having a bit of a chat with her but I guess really I mean the one that's not leaving the room
4: um I think she's getting a bit of a cabin fever she's she's getting a bit restless I think she misses being able to wander around and breathe the fresh air but uh she's quite steadfast in her uh <laughs> her decision so I can't blame her for that. It is probably safer for everyone involved to do what she is doing. But hopefully if we stay on course, uh, we should have another, what, three days left, maybe? Uh, well,
3: uh, and he, he looks out off the bow of the ship in the direction that you guys are going. And you can see as the coastline runs south and then cuts in a little bit. And he points kind of at the point where the coastline cuts and he goes, you see that, that right? Right there. Mm-hmm. That point.
4: Yeah. You see that? Yeah, I kind of, you know, squint, kind of have her, her eyes shielded over uh, with her hand.
3: We're a little far away, but if you squint really
4: hard... Go ahead and roll a perception check. <laughs> <laughs> see how hard it is to squint. I think that's an average looking squint. Um, 13. If you squint
3: really hard, you'll see that there's a little, little thing that sticks up off of there. Do you see it? Um, I I think I think so. It'll be easier to see at night. That is the Espont Lighthouse. Mm, I don't remember if we saw that one on the way out. Uh, the the lighthouse. It's like the one day mark between that and Riven. That's about how long it's gonna take. And it looks like we should be hitting that about this time tomorrow. So then from there, unless things really go to shit, we'll be getting, uh, we're about two days away.
4: Oh, wow. We have made quite the fast travel then. I guess today was a good day for us to sail with all the clear skies and whatnot. What time would it be about today? About 3 or 4 p.m. Well, that's uh, great news to hear, Thorstag. I'm I'm happy that we're going to be there even sooner. I am eager to uh, introduce our new our new, uh, adventuring buddy (laughs) to the guild and get back home and see my room and whatnot. (laughs) See, uh, Mr. Speary again. It's been, been such a long time since I've seen some of the faces at the guild.
3: Yeah, and I, you know, uh, I, I, I probably shouldn't say.
4: Hmm? Oh, uh, given the events
3: of you being on the ship, me and the crew are kind of looking forward to, not you, not you, but your friend. (laughs) Your friend not being on the ship anymore.
1: She's never going to be welcome to come back.
3: Like, I feel bad,
4: but we've never dealt with that kind of ship before.
1: Oh, uh, I, I guess
4: that's understandable. It makes me a little sad to hear that. And Ariel would be- You're welcome anytime, <laughs>
3: Nina. In fact, <laughs> when we get to Riven and we get your friends off the ship, it's fine if you want to hang out and continue so- sailing south
4: with us. I'll just be like, oh, it makes me a little sad to hear, and I'm sure uh, Ariel will be quite torn to hear that. But uh, well, we don't have to tell her. I'm not planning on telling her. I'm she, not gonna tell her either. Ah, yeah, no, no one's telling anyone anything. But if there's uh, one
3: thing we're all in agreement with: we don't tell your friend.
4: <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes, of course. Good. But no, it's uh, I, I I'm always happy to, to travel with you, Thorstagg and I love everyone on this ship. So I'm quite glad to get to see everyone here. It it has been nice having you aboard. You're going to be cooking, right? Yeah, I do think I expressed some interest in trying to cook. Good. The spices could liven everybody up a little bit. Oh, and boy, and do I have spices. i <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> am looking forward to it since you've been on board, but with everything weird going on, I get why you haven't had time to get down there and work with Ziggle too much.
4: Yeah, I'm, uh, I should be free tonight. I don't think uh, my watch is tonight with Ariel, so I'll be able to help out. All right,
3: well... You know where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm either up there, and he points towards where the helm is, or I'm in my room, and if you just knock on the door, I'll come out.
4: All right. And I'll be sure to keep you posted on any new uh, events or things that may appear. (laughs) Things. Things is a good word for that.
3: He makes his way down the hallway back towards the helm. If you watch him walk, you'll see him climb up the ladder that's at the back of the ship. Climb up to where the steering wheel is.
4: You know, we'll probably stand to watch him go, and then she'll gaze out at the lighthouse. Hope the skies remain clear so that we can continue our quick, speedy return to Riven. All right. If there's
3: nothing else that anyone really wants to get done today any other conversations that people want to have, then we can go ahead and make our way to, I guess, night since you guys are taking watches tonight. Mm -hmm. Kinita was able to take some time aside and go help Ziggle do some cooking and and throw some special herbs and spices in with the food. You do, by the end of the day, get a little chunk of smoked salmon that Ziggle has wrapped up a little bit so that you could, if you
4: wanted, share it with your friends. I think uh, Kina will definitely be planning to, to share it, though we might, since uh, Smoked Salmon has, I'm guessing, a decent uh, shelf life <laughs> that she might want to pack some away. Mm-hmm. For watches tonight, how does the party wish to handle things?
2: Ren will take first watch since he's already been watching
3: all day. Okay.
4: Um, Keena will take second. And will take third, or whatever the other one is.
3: Eh, currently it's third. Yeah. You know, you guys are on a boat, so we're kind of around the three watch thing because Ariel won't be awake by herself
1: (laughs) I think Ariel will um, want to ask Nina to wake her up for a second watch too oh okay
3: all right I'm guessing that there's gonna be a reason for that so why don't we go ahead and start with Rem go ahead and roll me a d20 for your watch 20 a 20 all right Rem's watch goes by, seemingly uneventful. You hear much the same that you have heard on your watches prior. And nothing inside your guys' room behaves any differently than you would expect. And you, after a few hours, wake up Kanina. And possibly Ariel as well, since Ariel wanted to be woken up on this watch as well. So why don't we start with Kanina. Rolling a d20 for the second watch. Five. Canina and Ariel wake up for the second watch. I'm assuming since you wanted to be awake that you have some intentions for your the watch, Ariel?
1: Um, mostly she just missed her best buddy that was out all day so she kind of just <laughs> wants to investigate like what did you see <laughs> how was it cuz she definitely has cabin fever and part of her journal says um Nina follows tempest out today must be rems turn this must be day 3 or 4 i can't remember <laughs> so yeah she's very much just cabin fever and mostly just wants to show her the art that she did in her book of what she saw out the porthole She wants to ask about the day. Nothing really super important. She just missed her friend. So Kanina will awaken
4: for her watch uh, at Rem's prodding, and uh, she'll go ahead and as Rem settles in, she'll awaken Ariel, and uh, we'll start our watch together. I'm sure we'll find a place to uh, huddle together against the wall. Ariel will
1: get her journal, and she'll be like, Hey, Nina, look, 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 look what I did today. And she'll show her her drawing that she took all day to do in between questioning REM things.
4: Canita will take a look at her, uh, her drawing. How did it come out? Ariel,
3: go ahead and roll a perception check first. Dirty 20. Alrighty, and roll a sleight of hand with advantage. Is a plus three, so
1: 19.
3: As Ariel shows Kanina the drawing, it is a pretty good drawing of the coastline, and you had spent some time with Thorstag up there, and he pointed out some things on the coast, so you recognize some things, and you actually even see down at the, the southern end of Ariel's drawing a little nub that sticks up off of this like southernmost point of the coast that Thorstag had pointed out to you as being the Espont Lighthouse.
4: Oh, is that the uh, s lighthouse? Yeah, Thorstag was
1: just uh, showing me that out uh, on deck.
3: Ariel has no idea what it is.
1: Is, is that what that is? <laughs> I just thought it was really neat, and so, you know, I added it in there.
4: Yeah, no, you did a really great job. This is excellent. It's uh, very recognizable for what uh, the landscape
1: is. I know you had all day to work on it, so. <laughs> yeah, I was really happy that it was sunny outside, so that way I could, you know do something other than writing. <laughs> oh, it was quite a nice
4: day. Yeah, we apparently gained a uh, half a day's worth of travel speed. So we're supposed to be there in a uh, little bit less time than it would have taken beforehand. Ooh, does that mean just like one more day? Uh, about another day and a half or so now. And so instead of arriving on the 12th, we we're going to arrive on the midday around
1: the 11th. I have no idea what day it is anymore.
4: It's, uh, so instead of
1: tomorrow, it's going to be like tomorrow's our last like full day on the ship. Right?
4: Yeah, and then we'll probably arrive around noon afternoon time on the
1: 11th. Oh, cool. So, not too much longer. (laughs) I almost get to see land again. (laughs) The first thing I'm gonna do is go and pick something. Like plants, like leaves or something. (laughs) Just to feel them. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it'll be good to get back on the ground again (laughs) and get to uh, get a little bit more uh, elbow room (laughs) than being inside this cabin.
1: Yeah. I do admire your uh,
4: resolute dedication to guarding this thing. She'll gesture toward the wrapped-up spear.
1: Yeah, it's quite the burden, all right. I'll be glad to bring it back and figure everything, you know, hopefully we can figure something out. I did mention to Rem about, um, you know, because we had all day together, and the way he's been, you know, so quiet and stuff, I really haven't really gotten to know if he would even stick with us when we get back so I did ask him about it and he still isn't sure about the whole dragon thing but um, still kind of from what I'm getting that he like kind of just thinks it's not real and we're just you know dreaming stuff but um, he did say that if the guild didn't ask him of anything else to do that he would stick with us if you and I want to keep pursuing figuring out what our dreams are all about I suppose it's a little hard
4: because I don't have a god that I follow like you do with uh, Kosain and Agma and whatnot. So I've never really had like a a truly guiding force like to tell me that. You know what kind of visions are real and not so I guess I can kind of see where he's coming from because it's uh it's hard it's hard to tell if something's really a dream or something that's supposed to be super meaningful and I definitely I think I took influence from you to uh pay more attention to some of these things that have been a little more meaningful and coincidental for some of the things we've come across so I I choose to believe that What I've dreamt about might have some meaning, even if the events that happened in it may have been something I conjured up, if
1: that's what he thinks happened. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, personally, there's just too much coincidence. Mm -hmm. With what we read about, you know, legendary dragon, mythical dragons and their weapons, and then all of a sudden we're dreaming about a dragon... And we're finding weapons, and then the dragon tells you he needs you to find the rest of the weapon. Like that's a lot of coincidence.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I'm going to pursue what leads I can on that, and whether the dream is uh telling me direct information or if it's just giving me some some guidance, like what <laughs> what led you to
1: Riven. When we get back, are you still wanting to pursue this, or is this something that you're going to let go unless you get more dreams and stuff? Mm,
4: for the most part, I'm planning on following through with the leads that we have from uh, the Axe, and I'm curious to see what information the guild leaders have found out, because they did say they were researching things. So I plan on pursuing this as far as the leads will take us, but eventually... If they're like, I don't know? Um, Well, I suppose we can do more research, but eventually if we do run out of information then all I can do is be helpful in the way that I can and help with any immediate emergencies in the area do what the guild is meant to do and help people
1: Have you had any more dreams with Doiton to ask the questions? I haven't, no. I've been sleeping quite peacefully uh,
4: as of late So I haven't had any more either I mean that's both good and bad news I guess because it means we don't get any more guidance but it also means that you're not being disturbed but yeah i I spoke with tempest today she was still a bit troubled by the dreams that she had more recently she she was awake for longer than her shift entailed last night she seemed quite Mm. uh perturbed by some vivid imaginings that happened in her dreams i didn't get to discuss too much in depth we found out a little bit but i did end up having a pretty meaningful conversation to her i hope i got through somehow i invited her to join the guild with us Oh, that's great. I think she really fits in with us. I, I was definitely hoping that she'd uh, take my words to heart and that she'd come to rely on us and think of us as comrades that uh, she can have adventures with in the future. Hopefully, we'll introduce her to some people in the guild, because <laughs> I know I've been thinking about talking to Mihen for some sword training since... Oh, really? Yeah, I got
1: that fancy
4: sword from Ulal Hammerfall, so...
1: I will probably just continue training on the (laughs) (laughs) sorcery. It's something that I really need to keep learning. I mean, I think I mostly just rely on Kosein with, you know, my more healing type of stuff. And I've learned some things from you too, like, and how to get that out of me. But
4: Yeah, I guess uh, magic has always been very instinctual for me. It's something I've had from a very young age. And I've only recently come into uh, the ability to really harness its power and use it as a a force for fighting for good and whatnot. So, I think it's I think it's important for me to gain some all rounder skills. Though it's no never a bad idea to be able to learn some new tools.
1: Because <laughs> the more I can
4: use to help people, the happier I'll be.
1: Yeah, maybe I can get better at my workouts too. While we're at the guild, <laughs> <laughs> and better at aiming too. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just chit chat more.
3: Okay, you guys chit chat through pretty much the entire watch trade over to Tempest. Tempest, go ahead and roll me a D20 for your watch. 15. All right. So Tempest makes it through her watch, not really hearing anything of note happening. Um, You do notice that at some point the the water got a little rougher, but the iron cask plowed through just fine. A little bit of extra tossing and turning from the people sleeping in the cabin as the ship just pushed through the waves and was kind of Kicked up and pushed to the side a little bit more than normal, but you make your way to early morning and the rest of the party gradually wakes up, probably with Kanina waking up first to do some exercise, Rem and Ariel having gotten enough to call full night's sleep, and also Tempest losing your point of exhaustion because you did get enough sleep through the night that you do not wake up exhausted even though you woke up early so you feel a little groggy to start but you end up coming to now who is leaving the cabin today
4: um i do think Kanina would make her rounds and whatnot she probably wants to chat with the crew and see the sights all right does anyone else plan on leaving today Tempest would probably
3: at least go out and get some fresh air at some point. Which one of you think would leave first?
4: Probably Probably Nina.
3: Yeah. All right, Kanina, go ahead and roll a perception check.
4: (laughs) I rolled a crit. One. One. (laughs) Three. All
3: right, do you think that Tempest would leave while Kanina is still out and about?
4: There's
0: a strong possibility. Because who knows how long Nina's gonna be gone for.
3: All right, then go ahead and roll a perception check as well. Eight. All right. Uh, Kanina, when do you think you would go back to the room? How, how long do you think that you would be out and about meandering and talking to people?
4: Um, well, she's probably gonna do her usual rounds of visiting Ziggle, probably say hi to Thorstag if she can. Uh, She'll probably start talking up some crewmates and being like, look at Ulalheimerfall's sword he made, isn't he cool? Throwing his name around there a bit, because she did promise to spread his name. I suppose whenever the next mealtime would come about, she would probably want to head back.
3: Breakfast would happen within the first hour, or so that you're awake. You'd be able to, you know, as you head down and talk to Ziggle, you could get loaded up with breakfast foods in about the first hour. Mm-hmm. Tempest, well, when do you think you would return back to the room?
0: Is Nina bringing food back?
3: It sounds like. Then to get food. Okay, so you would probably come back to the smell of Kanina bringing food back to the room. Kanina, as you return to the room, there is a note taped to the door written in Dwarvish. Oh. Can you read Dwarvish? (laughs) Let me check. No, I cannot read Dwarvish. All right. So, Kanina, as you come back with a plate of food, you find this Dwarvish note written and stuck in the door.
4: I do know who reads Dwarvish, though. (laughs) Kanina will, I think, glance at the note curiously, and uh, she'll take it down with her to go bring into the room. And Tempest,
3: at this point, you smell food going to your
4: room. Mm -hmm. Kanina will barge into the room, just be like, Morning, guys. I brought breakfast again. Mm, yummy. Thank you. Did any of you guys hear someone come by? Apparently not. I, uh, I found this note taped to the door and she'll kind of wiggle it as she's setting platters of food down. It's like, um, it's in a language I can't read. It's probably dwarvish. I, I don't know, but uh, can you take a look at it, Rem?
3: Yeah, sure. Rem, canina hands you a note that written in dwarvish runes just says Deathbringer on it? Exclamation point, exclamation point, scribbled underlines. <clears throat>
2: So, Rimmel, look at this note. Uh, it's, it's, hang on, sorry. It's been a while since I've practiced my dwarvish. What's it say? Uh, it's just basically a, a dirty word.
4: Oh, that seems rather odd for Thorstag's crew.
2: mm, we don't know all of them.
4: Huh. everyone here has been so kind to me, and I, I do know quite a few.
2: Hmm, you could, I guess, ask those that you know if anybody is displeased with us being here.
4: Hmm. Yeah, she'll take the note back.
2: I, I would imagine that it was a, a younger dwarf probably just, you know, writing a dirty word.
4: Hmm.
2: You know, teenager style.
4: Oh, what's going on? Well, maybe I'll go ask Thorstag about it if uh, he knows anybody who's had some issues with this. He did kind of, I guess, seem yesterday when we were talking that uh, he was asking some questions to see if anything new had happened. I told him nothing, nothing to our knowledge. So, huh. If I think back on the meeting with Thorstagg, did I get any impressions from him that something might have happened elsewhere on the ship? No. No? Huh.
3: I guess general uneasiness.
4: Yeah. So, keeping that in mind, I do think after we're done eating, Kanina's going to go seek out Thorstagg because she's maybe a little concerned about maybe some of this uh, unease that's lurking in the background. She know, she knows, you know, sailors are superstitious and nobody likes uh, <laughs> potential danger on a small enclosed ship. What time is it? Uh, early
3: morning.
2: You know,
4: Nine-ish.
2: While Nina's saying this, Rem's going to stand up and be like, I think I'm going to get some fresh air. And then he's going to, uh, he's going to stand up. And then when nobody's really looking, he's going to grab some of his gear and walk out.
3: So while everyone else is sitting down to eat, Rem picks up a couple pieces of his gear.
2: And then he's going to go outside i'll wait until they're finished
3: is there anything the three of you wish to wish to talk about over breakfast before i move over to what rem's doing
4: um uh, can you look between you i was like um so first couple of days i took uh shift watching then rem took last shift so i guess that leaves uh you tempest to uh be with ariel today sure guess we can have you sit and uh we should be arriving sooner than we planned uh thorstag mentioned yesterday when i talked to him that we'd be arriving somewhat midday on the 11th if uh, the weather holds true so we'll see hopefully we'll all be able to stretch our legs soon
1: <laughs> um i know you guys took care of the horses yesterday but can you make sure that they get food today please mm-hmm.
4: i'll be sure to do so as soon as i see thorstag
1: we still have enough yeah okay We should have, uh, we had
4: enough uh, for three days left to feed, and uh, we haven't gone through all of that. Plus, we got some scraps that we've been mixing intermittently, so. And we
1: had a good day yesterday as far as traveling, so I should guess.
4: We should have a little buffer of food, and we can always buy some in the port that we land at, so.
1: I'll write in my journal to remember to do that. Mm. With that,
4: uh, Kanina will be trying to swiftly eat and wrap up so she can go see Thorstag. All right. Rem,
3: You decided to grab a couple pieces of your gear and head out of the room. Where are you headed?
2: So he's gonna close the door and make sure it's closed fully and then he's gonna kind of look around see if he sees any faces and, and he's slowly gonna start making his way through the different areas of the ship and very carefully paying attention to see if anybody kind of gives him a, a dirty look. you know, More than just like the cursory, you know, why is he walking around? Kind of look more like the why is he walking around?
3: All right, where, like, where all does Ram make his way through the ship?
2: Well, I mean, he'll basically, because he's in that hallway, he'll, you know, look forward see if he sees anybody, and if he doesn't see anybody at the bow, he'll work his way aft and then down, and work his way from the, the galley forward, you know, checking around slowly, and then if he doesn't see anybody giving him a dirty look, he'll go down again and all the way down into the.
3: Okay, so you do eventually make your way down to the engine deck of the iron cask and you don't get any like dirty weird looks you do get uh as you kind of make your way to the end of the cargo deck you have a dwarf that's like hey uh, you lost or something kind of hard to get lost on a ship yeah i just i haven't seen you over here before i
2: figured i'd uh stretch my legs and look Uh, around just,
3: just uh just on for a walkabout eh? yeah Oh, all right. Well, uh, below, below's the engine deck. It's, uh, it's loud, it's cramped, and it's, uh, kind of dusty and hot down there. Sounds interesting. The, uh, sure. You know, we don't really like it down there, but that's where the quarters are, so we kind of got to deal with that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, have a, a good walkabout. Thank you. And you make your way down to the engine deck. And the engine deck is a deck that has a rail system that runs along the length of the ship. So you make your way down to the steps. The rail runs in between a set of stairs that you walk down and a mirrored set of stairs on the other side of the ship with a cart that runs along some tracks in between. If you look towards the bow of the ship, there's a big stockpile of coal up there, and at this point, there is a dwarf shoveling coal into another mine cart, and as you turn and look towards the aft of the ship, there is a long hallway, pretty narrow, just barely big enough to fit the cart down that has a couple lanterns along it that leads to, uh, you can see to the very back, is a big, like, glowing brass housing And pretty much directly in front of you, as you look towards the back of the ship, is a door, and then mirrored on the other side is a door that forms some rooms that create this large, like, walkway that the cart can run through.
2: Okay. So he'll make his way to the closer door and kind of poke his head in and look around
3: as you poke your head in there's a very small sort of landing area and if you lean over a little bit you can see a pretty narrow walkway that goes next to a bunch of curtained sort of stalls a couple of them are open most of them are closed okay
2: i'll listen for a second see if i hear anything
3: you hear the sounds of snoring
2: okay move to the other side and check in that door
3: you uh, move over to the other side, and uh, you're seeing the same thing, except on this side there's a dwarf that's coming towards you. Uh, can I help you? I'm just having a look around. Ah, uh, these are the private quarters. Private quarters? That's where we sleep. All right. right. Don't seem. Private's very... a little of a loose term. Yeah, I was going to say don't seem very private. That's where we sleep. What brings you down to the engine deck?
2: I hadn't been down here. Never been on a ship that doesn't use sails.
3: We're pretty unique in that aspect.
2: Yeah. You boys... You seen the engine run? I haven't been back there yet. That was my next stop. You need a tour or something? Nah, I think I'll just uh wander
3: a bit. All right, huh. Holler real loud. Make sure the cart's not coming and smash you together. All
2: right, I'll close the door. Unless the, he's
3: walking out. He, he'd be time. walking out, yeah.
2: He'll let him pass and then <laughs> close the door behind both of them. You see him walk upstairs. You know, he'll kind of watch him go, and then he'll lean over and look down the hallway and then give a give a hoot. Clear? Aye. He'll wander down the hall to the engine room, take a look around. What be bringing you over here? I've never been around this kind of uh, equipment. Seemed very interesting.
3: Ah, the finest ship in the dwarven fleet.
2: Very nice. You boys, uh, you boys keeping busy? Of course.
3: Gotta keep the engine turning. Uh, Anybody, uh, anybody not like their job here? I'm sure there's a couple that don't like their job here, but it's a job. Uh, Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, it's hard work down here. Shoveling coal, keeping the track moving, running the whole ship really. Uh, Real heart of the operation. And there's like two other dwarves that are down here with him that you see are like, so there's this big kind of brass housing that's right in the middle center of this room that you can see glowing orange out of the top where coal is being shoveled into and on each side is a dwarf that's standing next to a smaller housing that um, you see them checking some gauges, they flip levers every once in a while, or twisting valves, and it seems that they're kind of the ones that are in charge of maintaining the engine systems and keeping a steady pace, making it so that things don't over-pressurize or get into a dangerous territory. Every once in a while, the the dwarf that you're talking to turns around, there's a big series of gauges that seem to have like pressure and temperature readouts and he'll pull a lever to vent some steam.
2: Okay, so he'll uh, he'll watch for a minute too and be like, I'll leave you boys to it. And then he'll look down the hallway again. That's a little bit straighter so you can see that there's a cart coming or not. And then he'll wander back down the hallway and make his way back upstairs. So he's still,
3: you know, still watching, making sure he's not getting any dirty looks anywhere. Go ahead and uh, roll perception as you walk back. Uh, Eighteen. As you make your way back, you don't run into any dwarf that seems to be giving you a particularly sour look or anything. Okay.
2: And he'll make his way back all the way up to the main deck and kind of wander back to, I guess, Thorstagg's area. Is he on top or is he in his room?
3: Um, Right now, you're getting into, like, mid to late morning. He'd be up on top.
2: So he'll make his way up there to address Thorstagg.
3: At this point, how long is he taking?
4: (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs)
3: It's probably been about 10 minutes or so. Would that be long enough that Kanina would have slipped out to go find Thorstag on her own?
4: Yeah, I do feel like it would be thereabouts. So, for however long. uh, She did say that she was going to speedily go through breakfast. All right. How about the both of you go ahead and uh, roll a d20?
3: See who would make their way to Thorstag first.
2: 10. 20.
3: So... Pretty much as this conversation starts, Kanina would be walking out of the door and see Rem pulling himself up the ladder to talk to Thorstag. Oh, Rem! Right? I think I know your name. that That's me. Okay. What can I do for you? Oh,
2: he's going to look over his shoulder to check back towards the door.
3: You see Kanina walking
2: out the door. He's going to turn so that she can't see his face.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead and roll perception, Kanina. Eighteen. Alright. You can't you notice that Rem like looks at you, doesn't quite make direct eye contact, but shuffles and turns his body a little bit to position away from you. What can I do for you? Oh,
2: seems one of your uh, one of your men decided to leave a little note for us. Oh, uh when did this happen? Sometime uh during breakfast. I'm sure Nina's gonna talk to you about it too.
4: Nina's striding over it.
2: I'd appreciate it if you didn't let her know exactly what it says.
3: Okay. Are you going to tell me she's going to be up here in just a few seconds? I just seconds? said it
2: sounded bad, like a swear word.
3: Okay. Are you going to tell me what it said?
2: Um, I'm sure she'll show you. And then okay,
3: I, they'll I get they shift it now. again,
2: so now like as he's turned, it's basically made room for Nina to approach from the ladder.
4: Well, hi, guys. (laughs) Morning.
2: I was coming up to talk to the captain about the nice day. I actually got to see the entire ship. Pretty interesting little operation.
3: Oh, wow. Oh, you went down to the engine deck, huh?
2: Yeah, so
3: a little dusty, a little hot, but it's an interesting mechanism you have. He kind of turns and pats the smokestack that sticks out above. He's like, "Yup, this thing's what keeps everything going. It's one of the reasons that we've made such good time, because the weather's been pretty good, so we're able to just keep that pace going. I'm sure you know all about it, Nina.
4: Oh yeah, I remember last time I was on board, I, <laughs> I tried to volunteer to shovel some stuff over into the engine.
3: She's strong, but being in those cramped quarters with her height and everything, it's, it's really a dwarf's job.
2: Yeah, I would imagine it would probably have been pretty hard on the back.
4: So uh, what brings you up here? Oh, I just wanted to talk to you. Um, I'm not sure if Rem has already brought it up. She'll kind of glance his way, <laughs> and uh, we. Does uh... Rem
2: stick around? Well, he'll see if she wants to talk while he's there. If it seems like she's kind of hinting she doesn't want to talk around somebody else, he'll leave.
4: No, she just doesn't because she knows you're the one who translated it and she trusts you to put your insight in. So Uh, she'll bring out the note and she'll like, well, it's like, I'm not meaning to get anybody in trouble or anything, but it seems we uh, may have caused someone to have some uh, distress with us. So she'll show the note written in Dwarvish that she can't understand.
3: He looks at it. Go ahead and roll insight.
4: gosh 10 he looks at it and
3: says oh
4: that's not very nice yeah rem mentioned it was like some sort of swear word or some such i'm not sure what would uh, instigate someone to leave this kind of note on our door
3: yeah it, it's kind of the dwarven word for cocksucker <laughs> don't really understand why they leave it on your door was i not supposed to say that word
2: i didn't let him know exactly what it oh, said. oh
3: uh, <laughs> i'm sure yeah, nina's heard a, worse it's not a great word I don't know why they'd use it at you guys though. Has anything else happened on the ship that we're unaware of? Go ahead and roll insight. Uh, 17. You're pretty sure that that's not what that word says.
4: <laughs> Nina will kind of tilt her head at him, but she'll she'll let it go because she figures either he's censoring it even more or something, or you know, it, all all that she knows is that she doesn't need to know the exact translation. Simply that it is a uh, very word. negative remark left at us directly because it was left on our door. <laughs> so she's like, well, um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I know we've brought some turmoil into your ship. Like you were telling me yesterday, you're not traveling with uh, a group who brings this much danger on board. And again, we do, we do apologize for the trouble we've caused, but.
2: Rim's watching this too, just to see if possibly Thorstag himself might know something about this
3: note. Go ahead and roll insight. 26. Completely straight faced. He seems like it seems like this is the first time that he had seen this. Okay.
4: So, Kinene will continue. She'll, uh, I'm not really sure if you know if there's anybody who might be upset with us directly, or if some rumors have spread around, despite our trying to control the situation.
3: I I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Tried to tell your friend the other day when we first talked about this. Your shit ain't a secret. Everyone on the ship knows. Mm Mm-hmm no amount of me trying to redirect was going to change the fact that within about three minutes of things happening people were already telling everyone about it now i've tried to do my best to tell them that it's no big deal and we're gonna be fine and they paid their passage and we just gotta get you guys to rivet but i wasn't gonna be able to undo the things that people did not without breaking some skulls and i wasn't gonna do that
4: Well, of course, we don't want to cause too much disruption and everyone here has been so kind to graciously let us, you know, on board their ship. I know we're being a bit of a burden, but uh, it's—I yeah, guess it's a, a bit upsetting to know that we've caused someone such distress that they decided to leave a note in secret on our door.
3: Yeah, it's probably someone that's newer that you didn't know from the last time you were here. Because I, you know, all the people that that I know that know you are just are happy to have you around. They've enjoyed having your conversations the last couple of days. They've really been enjoying the food. So I mean. I don't know what i could do about the fact that someone's a fuckhead but someone's kind of being a fuckhead
4: yeah i suppose people always have their uh their issues <laughs> so
3: they were at least discreet about it so you know like you haven't had any outward issues with you or anyone else in your group
4: um, not that i have been aware of everyone's been very uh kind and welcoming for the most part uh like people like have given rem tips on fishing and i've been able to hang out with ziggle and serve people uh at cooking time and like that at normal but uh i'm
3: not sure all right because i'm just saying if someone does something like to you guys something like real yeah let me know because i'm gonna be breaking skulls if that happens because no one
4: fucks with nina <laughs> I appreciate you, Thor. saying she'll, like, clap him on the shoulder. Well, we'll keep an eye out, and I'm, I'm sure nothing, nobody will try anything. I think the fact that they decided to leave this note instead of, like, directly confronting us might have just been their way of getting out some inner frustration.
3: Yeah, I, I'm really hoping it's just venting and being frustrated and a kind of a little bitch, but, <laughs> you know, not, not addressing the problem directly, but at, at least it's, you know, we can get past it.
4: Like you said, we only have a uh, short time left on this boat, so hopefully we'll make some more happy memories instead of creating more negative feelings. But uh, yeah, I suppose with that, uh, just let me know if you see anything, uh, any changes in people, and I'll let you know if anything, uh, any new things pop up. Yeah,
3: I'm. I'm really sorry you're having to deal with that. Well, you got, you guys have a good day.
4: Like I said,
3: and he he looks at us. like,
4: ah. a little little over a day from this point. Yeah, very nice oh, yeah, Nina will leave it at that and she'll leave Rem if he wants to say anything else, but...
2: We'll just stand there and start looking out over the ocean.
4: I think Nina at this point will also be kind of looking around at some people on the ship. It's just the people she passes. She's not going out of her way to really search the ship down, but... All right, go ahead and uh, roll perception check.
3: <coughs> Seven. As you make your way down from talking with Thorsteg, you see three people on the main deck of the ship. Kind of, uh, they're checking the way that the cart's tied up and making sure it's not coming loose. They're cleaning up. The, you know, they're just going through and mopping the main deck, uh, cleaning off any of the salt water that it uh, washed up over the last day. You see someone off on the bow just checking out the, the waves as they, the ship comes up over them, watching where you guys are going. No one's standing out as doing anything untoward towards you.
2: As Nina leaves earshot, basically, he'll turn to Thorstagg. Be like, if uh, if somebody is coming, you won't be the one having to break heads.
3: Yeah, I'll I'd, do that for you. I, I'm, I'm being, you know, honest and truthful. I really hope and think that it's just someone venting.
2: I hope so, too.
3: If not, I don't want to lose someone on my ship, but... Gonna have to if I, uh... Find out that it's a little more than that.
2: Maybe, uh... Maybe talk to your beau Swain and... Have a... My boat, what? Your Bo Swain. Don't you have a second man in charge? Uh... No. Interesting.
3: Remember the other day, I said I may not be a good captain, but I'm the captain here.
2: Well, oh, I understand that. I'm just used to a captain having no, a... No, I'm
3: saying that that's part of me not being a good captain... Like, I think the closest that I got to a second-in-command is going to be, like, Ziggle. Oh,
2: Ziggle might be a good opportunity to...
3: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go talk to Ziggle. You
2: know, she can get that scuttlebutt going on, maybe leaving our room alone.
3: Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go... Uh, it's a good place to spread
2: words. But then after that, he's going to find a place to kind of post up on the main deck where he can still see the door. Okay. But, you know, they'll still keep an eye out on anybody that's walking by the door. You know, look to see if anybody's got that... That stinky look, Holland.
3: Uh, Throughout the day, Rem doesn't notice anyone, like, stop or make any weird motions or gestures at the door. I mean, there there are people that regularly are going up to the front of the the bow of the ship because that's just a good refreshing spot to chill and see where you guys are going and see how progress is going and everything. Kind of as the day goes through, is there anything that anyone wants to accomplish beyond this little mishap throughout the day?
1: I think while Tempest and Ariel are in the room together, uh, she'd probably have a conversation with Tempest just regarding like Nina had mentioned that she invited her to the guild. And so she agrees with Nina about Tempest joining the guild and how that would be be really exciting and hoping for more adventures together and stuff.
3: Okay, so yeah, it can just be noted for Tempest that Ariel is also suggesting and putting her backing behind Tempest joining the guild.
1: And how welcoming the guild was for her.
4: Alright. I will say uh, Kanina throughout the day will be uh, showing off her fancy sword (laughs) and praising Ulal Hammerfall's name. Probably wielding it somewhat inexpertly. But nonetheless, showing off the uh, the glisten and gleam and the wonderful master craftsmanship of it. But she's making sure to you know sailors spread tales far and wide, so she wants to make sure she gets his name out there. You get plenty
3: of ooze and ahs the way that it it glints and sparkles in the sunlight. Um, one of the things that stands out to them, being mostly dwarves, is the the cool dwarven runes that are carved into the fuller of the blade. Did we translate those? No. <laughs> you find out that the uh, runes on the blade translate to honor. For so one of the dwarves are like, oh, honor. That that sword must uh, serve quite the purpose. That
4: makes sense. You know, be kind of excited to find out a little bit more about the sword. Because she has tried to study it extensively to what she can know. But it's nice to know some tidbits, what she can glean from, you know, dwarves. Get some of their input on maybe some of the... Uh, uh, like the more traditional Dwarven customs that might go into something like this.
3: All right. And as we move to night on the 10th, what what kind of order are we thinking of for watches? Mm. Is Tempest what
2: the first one since she's been in there all day? So she just spends the first couple hours watching and then she can just pass out
3: again. Okay, Tempest now gets the first watch.
4: Sounds good. Canina will volunteer for second.
3: you take, take second to last. again? So Rav and Tempest just changed their watches around. Is Ariel trying to wake up with anyone tonight?
1: She's gonna sleep unless someone wakes her up.
3: <laughs> Alright. Uh Tempest, go ahead and give me a D twenty for your watch. Twelve. Canina.
4: Alright. I will say that is trying to pay very close attention to uh, footfalls we may hear outside of our door, because she knows we've heard people passing here and there, but she does want to uh, actually pay attention, and she will leave the door unlocked. Nine.
3: Rem.
2: He's doing the same and that he's trying to watch the door, but a
3: five. A five? Given how late it is tonight, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up at night on the 10th of Mononon. With I have rolls. <laughs> I have your guys's watches recorded for the next session, so we will go ahead and play through the night when we get together next time. As we approach the eleventh of Monanon, where you guys are expected to arrive in the city of Ribbon,
4: make sure it's noted. I kept the door unlocked.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. You can help the show out a ton by sharing episodes on social media and by telling your friends. You can get in touch with us by joining our Discord server at slash discord There you can chat not only about the show but about video games, Dungeons and Dragons, and other geeky things. Lastly, we'd like to thank the artists who allow us to use their music in our show: Monument Studios, Dark Fantasy Studio, Michael Gelfi, Tabletop Audio, Scott Buckley, Joel Stedler jdb artist alexander nakarada from serpent sound studios windswept adrian von ziegler and kevin McLeod of incompetech.com you can find links to all these wonderful artists at adventures in music